Hello mortals, we are your Valkyries, Miss Darby and Miss Charlie, and we are two space babes, rejuvenated, revived, and ready for season three. Just like you, you nasty girl. We will be discussing our experiences and opinions on sex work, art, and the erotic taboo counterculture we can't stop talking about. We are currently recording and transmitting this episode from our opulent spaceship of fiendish fun. Welcome to the Babes of Valhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underage, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back, and welcome to the first episode of Season 3. How crazy is that? Before we dive into our episode, we first wanted to mention that Babes of Valhalla will be releasing merchandise soon. We talked about it for a very long time, but we are actually (laughs) doing it now. Yes. (laughs) We are currently testing out our products in preparation for our new collection, pulling from our favorite Babes of Valhalla art. So be on the lookout on our Instagram page for release information. And just in case you forgot, our Instagram is at Babes of Valhalla. So just a reminder, because of life, um, we have switched to releasing every other week. So be sure to catch your favorite alien babes for season three every other Tuesday. So now on to the episode. We wanted to start season three off with a story time with sluts, a segment that if you're new to the podcast, is when we open the show up to anyone in our community of sex workers to share a story from their own lives. For this week, Darby and I will be sharing a personal retelling of our experience on a topic that is very important to both of us, one that has been a recent topic of discussion in the news and has been causing much distress and anxiety to many uterus owners around the country. This is, of course, the leaked plans to overturn Roe versus Wade, which means the potential to lose our rights to access a very important aspect of female health, abortion. We are sharing these stories because we believe it is important to talk about them publicly in an effort to remove the stigma that surrounds it. Warning, this episode goes in-depth with our experiences and may be triggering. We are going to start with a story by Miss Darby. Monday. My body felt weird. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but something was wrong. I stared at myself in the mirror. Nothing looked wrong, but I felt puffy, full, bloated, tender. Well, this flesh suit has always been a mystery to me, so I shrugged it off. I wasn't in pain, I didn't have a fever. And I wasn't sick to my stomach, so I must just be gaining weight or eating bad or something this past week. I tried to push the concern away, but it lingered. Saturday. 
I'm running late to work, so I'm quickly strapping on my bikini. And while I'm adjusting my top, I thought to myself, oh my God, I really do need to get to the gym. My boobs feel huge. Fuck. It's all the pizza, cookies. I haven't been eating a lot of treats. I stare at myself in the mirror and my boobs are definitely bigger. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I think to myself, this is weird. Darby, I hear a voice behind me. Wow, your boobs look really big. I roll my eyes. You must be about to start your period, right? Make that money, girl. Yeah, for sure, I respond. Or I'm just eating too many cookies, I think to myself. But wait, when was my last period? All night giving lap dances? I kept trying to think. When had that been? Sunday. Well, here we go. Earlier, I had stopped at CVS to buy a pregnancy test and was now sitting in the bathroom, staring at the strip laying on the edge of my tub. Like my mom always had said, a watched pot never boiled, and these seven minutes were feeling like an eternity. I forced myself to get up, walk around, do the dishes. Don't look, don't look, don't look. But I pretty much already knew. The worst thing that could have happened was here. It was taking over my body, and every minute, it was growing. My phone alarm went off, and I let myself look. Unsurprising, and yet still disappointing, there it was. Positive. So, I'm pregnant. Okay. Deep breaths. Okay. My partner wasn't home, which was one reason why I was doing this on a Sunday. We had actually just started seeing each other. I mean, it was moving pretty fast. He spent most nights at my place, and it was going well for what it was, but not let's have a baby well. I already knew he was making choices that probably weren't going to work out for me in the long run. God damn it, this was supposed to be fun and easy, and now this. I had no idea how he would react, but I felt like I couldn't not tell him. I had to. I needed support. I had no idea what this experience had in store for me, but I didn't want to walk it alone. Tuesday, 4 a.m. I'd been staring at the ceiling for hours since we'd gone into bed. I hadn't told him, and I still had no idea how. I had spent Monday researching my options, the pill or the procedure. I kept weighing the options. Pills, procedure. Pills, procedure. I read people's reviews of their experiences, and they both honestly sounded horrific. But the thought of taking on the responsibility of a child in my current life sounded even worse. After hours of information grabbing and inner mental debates, I finally decided. I began calling around to all the Planned Parenthoods to try to find an appointment. We apologize for the wait, and we'll answer you shortly. They barely had any, and they only did them on certain days. At the time, I owned a brick-and-mortar business and was stripping at night. It was hard for me to take weekdays off at my shop. My business partner was not, let's say, flexible, and we were in the beginning process of dissolving our business relationship, so the timing wasn't great. 
I didn't want to tell him why I needed a day off, and honestly, it wasn't his business. After I finally was able to secure my first appointment to get the process of terminating this pregnancy, I had texted him that I would be gone that day. And as expected, he threw a fit. Great. Thanks. Helpful. I ignored it. The world wasn't going to fall apart because I wasn't there one day. Now I had to tell the guy I was seeing, and I was dreading it. Deep breath. I looked over at him, dead asleep. Well, here we go. I shook him. Wake up. Fuck, I was already crying. Wake up. He turned to me. What the fuck are you doing? What's wrong? Wait, are you crying? Wait, what happened? Are you okay? I responded. I need to tell you something. Deep breath. I'm pregnant. My appointment day. It was 7 a.m. and I was up and full of anxiety and, to be honest, a little pissed off. I had to be there at 8 and if I was late, I would lose my spot. I had no idea how far along I was and I knew my window was very small. My partner and I had a good conversation that night about the situation and my choice to terminate. He was surprisingly supportive of whatever I chose. He was supposed to come with me today, but he was dead asleep and I did not have time to play mom and get him out of bed. So I was driving alone, crying of course, because the alien inside of me had decided that anything and everything that upsets me even slightly also makes me cry. I could not wait for this to be over. Sore boobs, feeling bloated and nauseous, the emotional insanity, and worse, the pressing, choking anxiety of it all. I wanted it out. I pulled into the lot and, great, picketers. Two people in shirts with something God-related on them were waving signs describing how abortion is evil, and they can help. Oh, please, I thought. Like y'all would even understand what it's like to be me. And now I have to be harassed. I took a deep breath and prepared myself to get out of the car and deal with whatever that was going to be. To my surprise, two people in Planned Parenthood neon vests were standing there right next to my driver's side door as if they had materialized out of nothing. They stood, one on each of my shoulders, and guided me inside, saying calmly, Don't respond to them. We're here to get you inside safely. Meanwhile, at their kindness, I just wanted to start crying again. Jesus Christ, can this be over already? After paying the $600 at the front desk and sitting in the waiting room, staring at everyone else, all of us knowing we were there for the same thing, they called me back. Just keep breathing. <sighs> the nurse and I sat down, and she turned to me, clipboard raised and pen poised. She began, well, shall we get started? Everything else after that was a blur. They asked me a bunch of questions. We talked about options. I told them what I wanted, and then we did the ultrasound. Do you want to look? I turned to the monitor, and there it was. The alien. 
a little bundle of cells. I was barely five weeks along, just barely over the line of when anything would even show up on the screen. It looked like a dark, oval-shaped marble swirling around in space. I grimaced. Yep. The day. After being inundated with information and my options and continuing all along the way to termination, here I was at home. The second pill, ready to go, laying there on the counter. I was as prepared as I thought I could be for 8 to 12 hours of what amounts to a medically induced miscarriage. It'll be just like a bad period, they had said, and I had no idea what was coming. 30 minutes almost exactly after taking it, I was bent over the toilet, heaving. Other than that, I felt like my insides were twisting and I was experiencing the worst cramps I have ever had. I stripped my clothes off and jumped in the tub and attempted to fold myself under the faucet so hot water would pummel into my stomach in hopes to ease the pain. Nothing worked. I had taken the pain meds they had given me, a whopping high milligram of ibuprofen, and I felt like I needed something stronger, anything. Fucking morphine, Jesus Christ. At one point, I was begging my then-boyfriend, please, if you can get me anything, I cannot do this. It was hours and hours dragging on. It felt like an eternity of gut-wrenching cramps, and I think I cried all day. Twisting and turning on my bed, holding a boiling hot water-filled Gatorade bottle to my stomach like a hot pad. And finally, at exactly 12 hours, it stopped. My body released the tension. My stomach eased, and I could breathe. I could lay still. I could sleep. The next day, I felt good. Lighter. My stomach was sore from all the makeshift hot water bottles I had pressed against it, and I was definitely tired from the trauma of yesterday. But I was good. I honestly felt like me again. I wasn't being taken over or invaded anymore. I could breathe. A friend put it best when she wrote that she had experienced the miracle and blessing of having an abortion. The process was hard, not in the emotional sense of making the choice to not have a baby, but the getting it done part. It was hard to get an appointment, it was expensive, it was hard to go through all the steps, be worn down by all of it when you already feel like dog shit. It's hard to talk about when you're going through it, because you feel vulnerable, and even though I had an albeit not perfect partner in this, I did have someone that took care of me and supported me, and yet I still felt very alone because no one but me at that moment would understand what it was like. It's a miracle to live in a time where we have the medical knowledge to give women the ability to make a choice with little risk to their health and future fertility. When so many have died or been permanently damaged attempting to terminate pregnancies throughout history. I am thankful that I had the choice that even though it was hard, painful, and could definitely be improved, it was possible. And more importantly, it was safe. My story is not unique or special. There are thousands upon thousands who have experienced the miracle and blessing of abortion and who are better for it. I am grateful every day that I am not tied to someone forever who is not whom I would choose to be the father of my children. I am grateful that I'm not struggling to raise a child as a single parent and that I still have the freedom to follow the path of my life as I choose. This is the blessing. This is a miracle. This is our right 
as women to choose. Thank you so much, Darby, for sharing. Next up is a story by me, Miss Charlie. Where to begin? No one wants to experience an abortion, at least I can't imagine why you would. An abortion is something you get when you've made a mistake. Whether it's intentional or unintentional or forced upon you or medically necessary, an abortion is the fix. They're mentally, emotionally, and physically brutal. I should know I've had two. That's right, folks, do. Guess I didn't learn the first time around. Now you may be thinking, wow, Charlie, real responsible of you. And you're right, I was dumb, and I don't like sharing my multiple experiences because of the stigma surrounding unintentional pregnancy and the decision to end it, especially when it's occurred more than once. But it's my body and terminating the pregnancy hurts no one but me. And I was about to find out just how much it would hurt. Both times were accidents. I mean, I guess they all say that, right? But I did think I was being safe, but both times something went wrong. The crazy thing is that ever since I was young, I knew I wanted kids. I dreamed of being a mom more than being settled with a partner or even a career. I want those things too, but with all of my heart, I've always known I wanted to be a mom. And I wanted to be a good mom. I wanted to be stable with a reliable income. I wanted to buy them what they needed for school or for a hobby or to take them on vacation or sign them up for summer camps. And so as I grew up and as I moved forward in life, I always kept these as goals for myself, where I needed to be career-wise, life-wise, personal development-wise, so I'd be ready to be a kick-ass mom. Now, I'm not bashing on anybody else who hasn't hit any of these things, and to be honest, the chances I'm going to check off everything on my imaginary list are slim, but still, these were things that I knew I wanted to work towards before I started a family. The first time it happened, I was anything but prepared. Darby and I were semi-squatting at the time, and I was poor, poor, poor. I had not known financial stability for quite a few years, and I was finally in a situation where I could start saving money. And then the bad news came, and the rest was like a blur. The anxiety of what lay ahead became all-consuming, I felt like I was sleepwalking, numb to everything, but this ice-cold knot growing inside. There was only two options. One was to completely alter the course of my life and of my future and hope for the best. Or the second option, to go through a little bit of pain and get it over with now. You have two options when you decide to terminate, a procedure or a pill. For my first time around, I chose the procedure. A week went by as I waited for my special appointment. 
I felt like a ghost, drifting from day to day. It was hard to reflect on exactly what I was feeling at the time. All I knew is that it was taking over my existence. I felt sick, but it was hard to separate what was mental and what was physical, what was anxiety and stress, and what was a biological response. Then the day came. My partner and I arrived one Saturday morning at a little clinic designed to alter the course of our lives. The room was odd. It was cold and sterile and friendly and full of women sitting around in different stages of distress. Some were with partners, some without. I was lucky enough to have my boyfriend with me, who was very supportive of whatever I chose to do. Well, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted it out. I was given a few heavy-duty ibuprofens, whatever that's supposed to do, and waited for my turn. A week earlier, at my first check-in appointment, they had told me it would hurt. Like a really bad period, they said. And I don't understand why they sugarcoat it. Fuck that. I'm so sure that scraping my insides out is going to feel like some cramping. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for everything they did, but just tell it how it is. Just tell me that it's going to be terrible, and that's okay. I want to know what I'm walking into. It's part of the decision. And for me, it wouldn't have changed my mind, but it would have made me feel a little bit more prepared for what I was about to go through. Fast forward to the clinic one week later. I'm sitting there, anxious, shaking, just swallowed down two ibuprofens with a cup of water, and in the height of my panic, I threw them up. Um, can I have some more? I threw up my pain meds. You'll be fine. They should already be active in your system. That response did not make me feel any calmer. They led me to my own little room, and as they set me on the table, I kept repeating to the doctors, um, maybe I should wait. I, I threw up my pills. I threw up my pain pills. Like a couple of ibuprofens was going to make some huge difference. It's all going to be okay. We're going to start. Just count to ten. By the time we hit ten, it should be over. And then it began. And I counted. And I lost track of counting, as everything turned into pain. Every once in a while, I could hear myself saying a number, and I could also hear myself moaning and sobbing. I definitely got past 10. And however long it lasted, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, it felt like eternity. I don't want to sound dramatic, but I think I went into like, a trauma brain thing or whatever and just checked out a bit. They took me out of the room and put me in a little recovery cot. I had to wait a while, I guess for observation, before they would let my partner come collect me. As we were leaving, I heard one woman say, do you think it's gonna hurt? Oh girlfriend, I am so sorry they didn't tell you. But yeah, and not just your body. I stayed in the zombie-like state for the rest of the day, and it took me a moment to get back to normal. 
Sorry for the heaviness, but it's a little heavy. It was hard to know how to write this, especially going through it twice. How do you relate a story like this to people who've never gone through it or have gone through it themselves? I know everybody's experience is going to be different. And I didn't want to be too dark and dismal, but I also didn't want to tell anything but my truth. So, thanks for listening. You may be asking why. Why, Charlie? Why put yourself through that again? It sounds terrible, and yes, yes it is, dear listener. It is terrible. Once again, my life was not in a place where I could stop and raise a child. I was making headway in my life, and I just could not derail it to have a baby. Now, maybe that's seen as selfish or wrong or whatever, but at the time, it seemed like the only option. I knew if I had it, it would be loved, and it would be the light of my life. But I didn't want to start anything from a place of resentment. The second time was different. It took me a lot longer to figure out what was going on, and even longer to book an appointment. I was insanely busy, and so was Planned Parenthood, and it was also the holidays. Merry Christmas, right? This time, I was able to fully soak in the anxiety, the sickness, depression. Started with migraines, then vertigo, nausea while eating, nausea while not eating. Took about a week of this before I thought, oh shit, and I took a pregnancy test. Negative. Huh. Once again, I thought I had been pretty safe. Three weeks of this and my anxiety was through the roof. Either my test was inaccurate or there was something seriously wrong with me. Both seemed equally terrible. In the back of my mind, I knew what it was, but I wasn't ready to admit it and face what I had to do again. I finally took another at-home test and ding ding ding, it came back positive. And I felt that black hole open up in my stomach again, cold as ice, sucking everything out of me and only leaving dread. I could not do the procedure again, I hated being in that clinic. The whole experience felt so cold and impersonal and abrupt and invasive. This time, I opted for the at-home pill. I just wanted to be home, somewhere comfortable and safe. And while my experience with the induced miscarriage was painful, this time the lasting mental effects are what got to me. Leading up to taking that little pill, during those three weeks of waiting, I grew increasingly disassociated with my body. It was so bizarre. It was like I was in the wrong skin. I felt completely disconnected to every part of me, and the sickness did not help. But it was also the idea of a foreign object growing inside of me against my will. Darby and I often related to the alien films because that's exactly how it feels. A parasite attached to the place where my baby would grow one day, but this was not my baby, this was something else. And that feeling of a foreign object spread from my core outwards, consuming my whole body, until all parts of me were unrecognizable to myself. After I took the pill, 
and everything was finally over, the feelings did not go away. In fact, I found other parts of my emotional state going haywire. I was depressed. I felt completely disconnected. I didn't want to see myself naked and I couldn't be intimate with my partner. Just, just the idea of it made my skin crawl. But every time we would get close at all, I would feel emotional and, and cry. It felt like I was piloting the wrong body. This lasted a long time, like six months to a year long time, and he worked with me slowly to help get me back into myself, learning to love myself again and finding peace. But it was not a quick process, and it was not easy. I am not trying to scare you, dear listener. I am being honest. I think when we talk about abortion, we shouldn't demonize it or sugarcoat it. You can be pro-choice and also acknowledge the trauma you experienced. It's fucking tough, and it's not an easy decision. And yet women put themselves through this daily. They make that choice and endure it, and that says so much. To share these stories is to better understand what we have gone through, why we went through it, and why we fight to keep it safe, legal, and accessible. I don't regret the decisions I made, and while they were difficult, while they were traumatizing, I am so grateful that I had the choice to have abortions. If I went back in time, I would choose the same thing again. I wasn't ready, and I knew that, and it was my choice to make. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode of Season 3, and for letting us share our stories. We will be putting some resources for more information about abortion and the current state of affairs at the time that we release this recording in our episode notes. Don't forget, we are now releasing episodes every other Tuesday. So stay tuned for more interviews, curious kinks, all sorts of other kinky, freaky, weirdo stuff that we love. Uh, check our Instagram. If you want to send us a story, do it. And uh, don't forget that in the meantime, to soothe your aching loins, you can find us on Instagram at Babes of Valhalla. If you'd like to email us with an anecdote for an upcoming episode, check out our social media for the themes we are currently researching and send your comments and stories to babesofvalhalla at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you. And until next time, stay nasty. Babes of Valhalla is written and produced by the Babes of Valhalla, otherwise known as your illustrious lieges, Darby and Charlie. Music provided by the musical genius, Gemini Genesis.